Hello and welcome to this edition of Secure Networks, the Index Packet Forensic Files with your host, Michael Morris. This week's very special guest is Ryan Coe, Chair and Director of Cybersecurity at the University of Queensland. Ryan, welcome. Thank you for joining. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Thanks, Michael. It's a privilege to be on this uh, call or this recording. Um, I'm a professor at the University of Queensland, as you mentioned, and uh, previously I was in uh, at, at a university in in New Zealand, which is the University of Waikato, which was also the birthplace of Endes. Uh, yes, so, <laughs> you know, and then before that, I was in uh, in HP Labs uh, in in, uh, in a kind of uh, industry research role. Okay. Uh, and then prior to that, I was an engineer. So I was an engineer. I retrained in PhD, and then I got onto the research and then the academic route. Yeah. Excellent. No, we're we're really glad to have you. And obviously, yes, you're uh, have connections to some of our our roots and our heritage. So we certainly, again, thank you for joining, Ryan. You've been a founder and contributor um, to developing the CCSP certification. And you've developed research master's degrees and past uh, postgraduate programs in the area of cybersecurity. What are some of the fundamental or foundational skills any security analyst must have to be successful in today's cyber-challenged world? <laughs> yeah, I think the, the the first thing is probably the we are starting to see an um, uh, an increasing awareness of the interdisciplinary aspects of cybersecurity and also the threats that we face are have implications not just on the technical, you know, the setup of the computers or the systems around it, but also implications for business or the way we handle uh, crime or even geopolitics. So, so many different aspects to think about, you know, if you're a cybersecurity as expert. So um, as, as you mentioned, I have des designed a few curriculum, um, yeah. you know, from master's degrees to national curriculum uh, for New Zealand, for example, in the uh, level six diploma and also in the um, certified uh, cloud security professional. I was privileged to be part of the team that started the first uh, common body of knowledge. And over the whole the years, uh, I've seen the evolution of uh, you know the curriculum being changed uh, yeah. increasingly. You know from just a from just a technical focus to having more communication skills, to having more business skills, and then ultimately to nowadays uh, in my current degree that we have designed in the Master of Cybersecurity at UQ University of Queensland, we included also uh, not just the business leadership aspects but also criminology aspects, uh, understanding it from a criminal lens rather than yeah. just uh, yeah. you know an exercise of patching and matching those things because that's the way it, it works uh, in reality so we have to face up to it i think the other aspect of uh, the the skills that people would have uh, need to have is an appreciation of the uh, criminal mindset that the that the uh, you know the people they are up against are uh, usually uh, they don't have any rules of engagement and have no boundaries so whereas on the in the corporate and enterprise space we we have uh, you know certain guidelines governance right. and best practices so two different worlds so you just have to be very open-minded now that that's a incredible mindset to take into it right of 
understanding people and, and nation state motives for some of the things they're doing. So um, that's one thing I, I found interesting in our you know, preliminary discussion uh, at the University of Queensland, you have taken on a interdisciplinary approach yeah. involving four different faculties. Why don't you first tell us about those faculties and why yeah. is having that cross-functional experience and knowledge so important? Obviously I tied to kind of what we were just talking about, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, um, well, the uh, the four faculties are, are basically the one that I'm based in, which is the engineering faculty, mm -hmm. engineering, architecture, and IT faculty, which comprises of a number of schools as well. Uh, so I'm in the school of IT and electrical engineering. Uh, but, you know, to design such a course, we need experts from around the campus. Uh, we are privileged to be in the top 50 ranking of the universities around the world. Mm. So um, it was quite easy to actually go across campus and look for experts. So yeah. um, in, in, in the other faculties, we have the business, edit, uh, business economics and law faculty, okay. um, which provides the expertise in these areas in cybersecurity. And then we also have the faculty of science, which has mathematics and mm. physics inside. So we have curriculum, which teaches not just traditional crypto but also an appreciation of quantum computers and also post-quantum world as well. And then we also have the uh, School of Social Science, which is in the Humanities, Arts and Social Science faculty. So social science uh, people would be able to bring in the criminology, anthropology, political science aspects as well. So, so having all these experts uh, gives a very rich, you know, expert-led, uh, kind of uh, curriculum mm. and we also uh, have lots of different kind of hands-on or workshop type of learning and also we also have guest lecturers uh, who are experts in, in and you know movers and shakers uh, who are our alumni so it's it's really really useful yeah. no that's that's tremendous I, I think bringing together the dis different uh, disciplines and segments uh can be a real game changer in, in trying to stay ahead. Cause like you said in the previous uh, question, you know, threat actors don't uh, operate necessarily by the same rules. Right. So yeah, uh, right. having that context. So along those lines, a, a lot is changing in, in the cybersecurity landscape. What do you uh, as universities and, and recommend as for businesses need to do to prepare security analysts to be able to keep up up to date, stay current, and and actually stay ahead of threat actors and these new attacks. Yeah, I think the most important thing to recognize is that we need to um, to be ready for the future. You need to create the future, and the, most of the ways to create a future is to do some research and innovation. So that's the exciting part about being in a university degree, which is um, if it's designed well, it has research components inside which exposes you to the cutting edge of the technology. So you'll be able to, to think about, okay, how can I make this better? You know, how, how do I address all those gaps that I'm actually witnessing right now? Uh, is, this is this technique good, right? So a, a few examples of uh, research actually impacting uh, our world right now. For example, uh, CAPTCHA. Uh, CAPTCHA, you know, you, you get all the, when you go into the web uh, forms, it'll mm. prove whether you're human. So that came from, uh, academic research, um, you know, even NDAs came from academic research yeah, yeah, at the true. University of Waikato, for yeah. example, uh, you know, uh, with the deck cuts and so on. And then 
we also have, uh, for example, the one-time password, um, the, the whole technique behind generating the one-time password, and uh, many, many more, you know. So, so the only way to change uh, the cat and mouse kind of situation is to create a new game, right? So if if they are playing chess, you create a new game of yeah. chess, and 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 then you know it it brings everybody back onto the level playing field again. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's an important part. Yeah. No, that's that's great insight and and some tremendous examples you highlighted there. So mm-hmm. when when you hear of um, new breaches and and attacks. You know, like the recent SolarWinds sunburst supply chain attack. What do you think SecOps teams and analysts need to be doing better or differently to better secure environments and to thoroughly hunt through their infrastructures for risks like that or risks of a similar type? Yeah, I think you need to have this mindset where you need to be very stringent with the software that you buy and integrate to or Mm -hmm. uh, receive data from. So um, the more stringent you are in the beginning, the less uh, exposures you would have. So there are many uh, existing methods and best practices for auditing and verifying the security of software. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of them are not adhered to or, or followed because you know, the time pressures of making a, a project succeed, right? Yeah. Uh, can sometimes uh, overtake some of the details, you know, and the devil is there. So, you know, so that's that's the the, the, the key thing. And, and I guess if you can think of an analogy, I would say it will be like an interview process. So mm-hmm. if you're hiring someone, you, you probably want to be as stringent as possible to make sure you select the right candidate. Uh, so think of it as like, like uh, hiring a good person. Is yeah. Getting a good supplier is also very important. And if you hire in a very loose fashion, you will get somebody who might be a you know, wild cannon and that kind of thing. So the same goes for supply chain. I think yeah, you have to do that. The other thing is, of course, to not just to, to, to make a good uh, gate uh, mindset, but to monitor, to the monitoring mm. is quite important. Because most of uh, uh, most of the supply chain situations is uh, set and forget or buy and forget type of situation, mm-hmm. so the monitoring is quite important actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's that's well. First of all, I loved your example of the hiring process. I, I think that's a, a great way to think about evaluating tools and systems you put in your infrastructure. But uh, along the monitoring, right? Let's let's go further into that. So. What critical tools or monitoring components do you think many SOC teams are, are missing to yeah. look for and find these new, more complex threats? I think many many of the SOC teams now are mostly missing the concept of tracking provenance. Um, you know, most of the SOC teams run into many different um, challenges with regards to um, attribution, you know, how, where, where did it come from? How do I report that this was not from the ins- malicious insiders or whether it's outsiders? The only way that cross crosses everything is in provenance. So provenance uh, in the networks, for example, mm-hmm. PCAP or even, you know, some of the end days products, uh, just to monitor how the traffic has gone, gone by. That's... Mm-hmm. That's the absolute kind of uh, the truth that you can observe. And usually people would miss that. The PCAP 
structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and also tracing those things that can tell you a story about the high level intent. And you, ma- you marry that to some um, provenance tracking tools in the, in the machines, for example, in the kernel space or the user space. Uh, when you have the combination of these uh, tools together, the mm-hmm. network and within the systems, you can trace across the systems, um, which are under your control, of course. You know, and, and for example, you run a cloud uh, environment, you'll be able to see, okay, what goes in and what comes out, who has touched it. And you could even, you know, using some of the latest techniques to decipher or infer what went on. So I think that that kind of provenance mindset is missing because most of the SOC analysts would be quite reactionary uh, and they will look at events. Um, they look at events. They look at, okay, this is an event, that is an event, but they don't look at the story behind the events and how the, the data has changed over time and you know uh, how the software has behaved across different systems. Yeah. Right. No, that's, that's great insight. The context of where things come from Mm. Uh, in relationship to what else was happening in the environment at the time. I, I think I think that's great insights. And mm. you hit on a little point there, you know, how do you see new platforms and tools like, like automation and orchestration really helping SecOps organizations and, and playing into that contextualization you just referred to? Yeah, so I think... Uh... Automation, we are only at the beginning of this journey. <laughs> yes. You know? and, um, most of the automation, um, are, you know, we're, we're transforming from just rule-based detection automation to now playbooks. And now, you know, there's talk about uh, artificial intelligence techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, all these things are important because they, they basically, you know, keep up with the pace and the scale of the attacks. We are, for, for example, we are, we are now facing, um, uh, you know, when I, when I teach in my lecture, usually in the first lecture, I will just put out, you know, this is the scale of the attacks that we are facing, which is four unique malware or threats every second, right? So since the beginning of this interview until now, you know, <laughs> we've got hundreds, of, hundreds yeah. of new malware and we haven't even trained a single uh, cybersecurity expert, you know? So, so we have to really find ways that we can, you know, augment the human analyst with good tools that can free them up from the repetitive mundane tasks mm-hmm. and then let them be able to strategize and think innovatively and in the research mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's important. Uh, automation... It's definitely the way to go, but I think we 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 are seeing at the begin we are still at the beginning of the, the the very first stage, and then I think once the machine learning community knows how to do, for example, time series data sets stream mining uh, techniques really well, uh, then then we will move towards that next phase of uh, even even much better automation. So I think automation really plays a key role. No, I, I think you're spot on. I, I think we're absolutely just at the beginning. And and it's what I see is it also <clears throat> kind of opening the doors to not only getting ahead or shall we yeah. say caught up with that, uh, you know, swarms of events that folks are dealing with, but also starting to move them into more advanced, uh, proactive things like threat hunting and, and activities like that, which 
many sock teams as as you know just aren't quite there yet right so mm-hmm. no that's that's tremendous so Ryan, one of the things that I really like to get insights from experts that we, we get to join us on this show is you know, looking forward six to 18 months, what do you recommend to our listeners really one thing to look out for or to be thinking about um, as they're trying to you know, stay ahead in, of threat actors and, and really manage this shifting battle for cyber cybersecurity? Um, I think in the next, because most of the the threats come from not just outside but also sometimes unintentionally insiders as well or even as we recently saw also in the supply chain um having great capabilities in enabling attribution uh would be key because you will see more and more attacks and then you face more and more issues with attribution and it's very time consuming activity um, you know, in my role uh, working with, for example, previously the Interpol and others, uh, I find that we've, we 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 all we all know that attribution is the number one problem, and it will stay. Um, the key to attribution is probably to understand the the provenance, as I mentioned earlier, the, mm-hmm. what goes on, and how do we report that uh, with a very strong confidence that it is really what it is. Right. You know, because we don't we don't want to misattribute as well. You know, so so I think the one thing that you should focus on if if you are running, um, you know, a SOC, or if you are doing system administration, you should try to think of ways that can empower the interpretation of the provenance of what happens in your networks and also in your systems, because that will really really make your life easier in the long run. Yeah. No, that that's that's great insights and really appreciate it. Ryan, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day. I know you've got an incredibly busy schedule. Uh, thanks for joining and sharing your insights and how better to secure networks. We'd ask our listeners to tune in next time for another edition of the Endace Packet Forensic Files. For more information about Endace's network packet capture platform and our integration with our fusion technology partners, please go to endace.com. Ryan, again, thanks for taking some time and have a great rest of your day. Yeah, thank you, Michael.